says, uh, my people are stuck in neutral. They don't know how to drive the supercharged life that has been given to them. They were given the fuel that is, they were given the fuel that empowers the universe, which is the Holy Ghost, the mighty Holy Ghost. But he says, I am now ready to shift them into a dimension that past generations have only dreamed of. Because there is so much more than they have been seeing. Before I return, my bride will be made beautiful by a revelation of my beauty and a true understanding of my love for them. Does that make sense to you tonight? That God is really and truly about to take us to another level. Pastor Angela been preaching along those lines all this year. And we've been getting words from uh, different ministers about how God is going to take us to new levels and new dimensions in him. But it's going to be by way of the word of God. Then he told me, uh, I want you to share this particular scripture to go along with that, what I gave you. It's in Ephesians, very familiar scripture here, Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to embrace it because this is what God has for you and I going forward. This is a real word from God. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? What is the exceeding, I like the way the Holy Ghost puts that, the exceeding greatness. Not just greatness, but the greatness, this, this greatness, it exceeds greatness. Of his power to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, working through the church. Then he says here in verse 20, which he, God, wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So that's resurrection power and resurrection life. That's what God has for us in our generation going forward. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. In the heavenly places. The focus needs to be on Jesus. Amen? And in his enthroned place at the right hand of God. That, that's where our focus needs to always be. When we begin to experience God in the way that he wants us to experience it, it will be because we have got a revelation of that he is seated at the right hand of God and we are seated there truly with him in Christ. He says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Somebody say far above. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's talking about all of the kingdom of darkness. You and I have been raised up far above them in Christ. There's no reason that they should lord over us in any way. Jesus has lifted us up above them to our rightful and true place, reigning with him in this life. We are to reign with him in this life. Somebody say, well, in the life to come we'll reign. No, God says, I want you to dominate on this earth right now because I've raised you up to dominate. 
I've raised you up to walk in the fullness of the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named. Doesn't matter what the name is. Cancer, depression, past defeat. It doesn't matter what the name is. We've been raised up above every name. Not only in this world, he's talking about we got victory in Israel, obviously, that's what he's talking about. But he's also talking about in the worlds to come. Glories to come. Experiencing God on, on those levels in the worlds to come, in the ages to come. And had put all things under his feet. If it's under Jesus' feet, it's under our feet. Amen? The, 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 the sickness, the curse, the, the uh, bondage that's trying to hold you back from your destiny... It's already been taken care of. It's under your feet. Your perspective, our perspective, God wants us to change and see us in Him only. I say He wants to see us in Him only. He wants to see us as He sees us, as new creatures in Christ Jesus. Powerful, hallelujah. Strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. It takes a tenacity to do that, though. That, that's, what, that's what God's been putting on my heart the last month or so. It takes a tenacity, a bulldog faith. An understanding that we are the bride of Christ, hallelujah. And will soon be married to him, hallelujah. And have been called to rule and reign. In this earth. That's our portion. That's our inheritance. But you have to grasp it. You have to take hold to it. Put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Say, somebody say, I'm the church. Point to yourself. Identify yourself. The devil knows who you are, but the, the problem is a lot of times we don't know who we are. We are the church of the living God. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are those who have been called to dominate in our generation. But it's all about the power of the Holy Ghost. We've been focusing on the Holy Spirit. Because it's not by our might nor by our power, but it's by His Spirit. As we grab hold to that revelation going forward, I'm telling you, has you, has you encountered the devil? No weapon formed against you is going to ever prosper again. Somebody say amen to that. No weapon for I don't care what it is. You're going to a new level, a new dimension of living. Before he comes back, his church is going to live this way. This is going to be our portion. You might as well get used to it. Hallelujah. We are that church. We are that people. We are that generation that God has called to this, which is his body, the fullness of him, hallelujah, that filleth all in all. The fullness of God. Ah, you, 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 you got the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. You got the same abilities in Christ, that he operated in when he walked this earth. 
The only thing holding us back is a revelation of it. But God is getting ready to shine in our hearts the true nature of the new birth. We're going to begin to experience things we've never experienced before. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, give God a hand praise tonight. I mean, if you believe it, if you really and truly believe that, that that's your portion. And that's us going forward. I I really believe that uh, the yoke don't fit no more. Amen? It does not fit anymore. And we have to claim it and receive it. We're going to possess our inheritance because we have a blood covenant with God. Somebody say amen to that. We have a blood covenant with our God. And that's our subject tonight, blood covenant living. Blood covenant living. Let us pray. Father God, we ask that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead us during this Bible study. These are your sheep. These are the ones that you died for. That they might experience your fullness in this, their generation. Pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. That he would remove all religious mindsets. And we would begin to develop more readily the mind of Christ. Glorify yourself as you do so, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. This is not in my notes, but I want to uh, look at the book of James, if I can. James chapter 2. It's funny how God will speak to you at the end when you almost got all your notes together, and then he'll just... He'll just give you something else. And you got to be obedient, right? You got you got to do whatever he says do. He says here in James chapter 2, verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So the body without the spirit cannot function. So faith without works is dead also. If I don't act on the blood covenant that I have in Christ, if I don't act in faith where it's concerned, it really won't do much for me in my life on the earth. I really won't experience much of the power of it, much of the effect of it, if I don't have a divine understanding of its power and its effectiveness in my life as a believer. The covenant that we're talking about is the old covenant and the new covenant. It's the word of God. And uh, there is a connection between God's covenant and his blood. We want to find out, we want to talk about some of that tonight. This is a, we're going to lay a foundation tonight and we're going to, going to go forward probably a couple of weeks in this teaching. But we're going to go slow at first. 
Because we, a lot of times when we're, when we're studying the Bible, we kind of go too fast and we kind of gloss over some important truths. It says you meditate on certain scriptures that they become, uh, give you enlightenment and they become something that you hold on to in the midst of difficulties and in the midst of challenges. And so tonight, let's, let's do that, see that connection between God's covenant and his eternal blood. Hallelujah. When you think about God's, the blood of, of, of the covenant, you have to look at it from this perspective. And this helped me. The blood of Jesus is the blood of God. Have you ever saw it that way? That it, it's, the, it's the blood of God himself. It is the most powerful substance in the whole universe. Me and Pastor Mike was talking about it earlier in the week. And uh, I was telling him I was in prayer Saturday morning. We, and, and, and in prayer, God began to give me a, a, a vision or insight into the power of his blood. And he began to say, well, my blood in the spirit is just like acid to the devil. It's potent and it's painful. Not just acid, but he said boiling acid. That's what he said. He he said it's like boiling acid to the devil. And that's why the devil is so afraid of God's people getting a revelation of its power of the blood of Jesus. Because when we, when we sing blood songs up, up in here, the, the praise team sings blood songs, the devil cannot stand it. It literally sends chills down his spine because he's reminded of his utter defeat. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus has defeated Satan and the principalities that come against us forever. They've been defeated, disarmed. They have no right, no legal right to overcome us anymore. Amen. Uh, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, He spoiled principalities and powers and made an open show of them. Hallelujah. He marched them through the streets of heaven. I can see it. Disarmed. You know, in the old days, that's what they would do when they would defeat a country or a foe. The defeated army would be forced to march down the streets of the city, defeated and shamed, disarmed, in chains. And that's what happened when Jesus made that procession out of Hades. He took all the Old Testament saints with him, and he also carried the principalities and powers with him also and made a show of them openly, the Bible says. Glory to God. Made a spectacle of them. And every time we invoke the power of the blood of the covenant, the blood of Jesus, it simply reminds Satan of his defeat and his soon coming destruction. 
hallelujah, in the lake that burneth with fire. Somebody say amen to that. So this is our portion. This is, this is why we need a revelation of blood, of the blood covenant. And so I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. Like I said, we'll, we'll uh, begin here in uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 12. Now the Bible is about to talk about the time before we got born again. It says here in verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ. Talking about the time before we got saved, the time we were in covenant relationship with God. There was a time when none of us had access to God at that time, the Bible says. We were without Christ. We were without the power of the anointing. We did not have access to the the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at that time. The Bible says, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Israel at that time, before Jesus went to the cross, they were the only ones who had access to God's best. They were the only ones who had access to God through covenant relationship. And the Bible says, Before we got born again, we were aliens to the blessing of Abraham. All the fantastic blessings that you find in the Old Covenant through Abraham that the Jews uh, enjoyed through Abraham, we didn't have access to it. The Bible says we were strangers from the covenants of promise. I like that. The covenants of promise. Thank God that the, the Word of God is filled with promises. Amen? Is filled with everything that we will ever need to prosper and succeed in this life. It's all written down in the covenants. The Bible says we were strangers from the covenants of promise. And the Bible goes on to say, to make it even more clearer, he says, having no hope and without God in the world. So, Outside of covenant relationship with God, a person, even though they're living on the earth, they should have no expectation. With, and that's what hope is. It's biblical expectation. They should have no expectation of any help from God. They shouldn't. Because God is a covenant God. He operates according to the covenant and to those who are in covenant relationship with him. Those who are outside of the covenant should not expect anything. Now, God is merciful. Thank God. But actually, any person who is on the outside of the covenant should never expect anything from God. Because they don't have that relationship with him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible goes on to say, and it makes it even more desperate, and without God, without God in the world, no hope, and without God in the world. Thank God we're not like that anymore. Amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the day 
that you made up your mind that you was going to get born again. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can't even see the kingdom of God unless you get born again, unless you receive the new birth. That's why it's so important. That's why this church reaches out, reaches out, reaches out to tell people they don't have to be without hope. They can have relationship with the almighty God through Jesus Christ. Verse 13. Oh, I thank God for verse 13. He says, but now, somebody say now. In Christ Jesus. So right now, as we sit there, as we are children of God right now here at the Ark Fellowship, right now the Bible says, in Christ Jesus, you who were sometime far off, far off from God, far off from God even listening to you, amen. See, the blood, the blood of Jesus causes God to hear you. The blood of the covenant causes God to, to hear your prayers. But now in Christ Jesus, who, you who are sometimes who are far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Ah, I, can, I, can, I can experience God now the way that God wants me to experience him. I have access now into the very holy of holies. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I was far off at one time. I did not have that type of access. But Jesus, hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus, hallelujah. That's why I worship him. That's why I, I, I kneel at his feet. And one day I, I pray he'll allow me to kiss his feet, hallelujah. He saved my soul. And has brought me into relationship with almighty God through the blood of of his cross through his eternal blood. Now, that's how important the covenant is. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge of the things we just talked about. The average believer, and it's sad to say, but the average believer, you'll ask them, and I ain't talking about at the ark, I'm talking about other churches, uh, you'll ask them, and I've, I've asked people, are you saved? And they go to church all the time. I hope so. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? <laughs> I, I think I am. Man, you better be sure that you're saved, you know what I mean? And, and the reason that they give you answers like that is because they're lacking knowledge. They don't have an understanding. So God says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding of blood covenant living. They don't have an understanding of it. That they have been made nigh to God. They're God's children. They're, they're the offspring of God now. And they have access to things that they did not have access to before because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to make a few, four, four key points, four key foundational points that as we go forward in this study, we're going to refer to them uh, probably every teaching. But the first one is that all promises of the new covenant or the, and the old covenant, all promises of God's word 
are in covenant form. Every promise that we receive as believers is in covenant form. Every promise is in promise, I'll just put it this way, it's in promise form. Okay? This book right here, and we're going we're gonna to say this a lot, this book is a legal document. Okay? It's important that we view it that way. Because if it's a legal document in the eyes of God, that means that nothing can cause it to, come, to stop uh, operating in power in our life. We'll always can be sure that God will back it up because it's a legal document written in the blood of his son. And every promise in this covenant is, the Bible says, it's yes and amen in Christ. Now, you got to get that because if you don't really understand that, you can be talked out of the promises. But when you understand that every promise in that Bible, in that word, you have legal access to it and you should expect to receive from it every single time because of that. Okay? Circumstances and challenges are going to come. But if I have a made-up mind before I go into battle that this legal document, this Word of God, can never fail, I will always receive its benefit if I trust it. Amen. i got to trust in it. So that it is legal, and God will never, ever go back on it. Amen. Somebody getting it. Foundational truth number two, and this, this kind of fills in with uh, the, the first one. The covenant is a binding agreement between God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay? That's what, that's, that's what the new covenant is. It's a binding agreement between God and Jesus Christ. In definition, a covenant is a binding agreement between two or more parties. In this case, it's a binding agreement between God and Jesus Christ, and the man Jesus Christ. Amen? I said amen? He was fully God, and yet he was fully man. He was the seed of Abraham, which qualified him for covenant blessings. Okay? Now, when we understand that, we realize then that Jesus is the mediator of this covenant. He is the one that qualifies for every blessing. Now, we get involved with that or we get an opportunity to receive the blessings also. But we always have to have in mind that it's Jesus' covenant. And it is an everlasting covenant that can never be broken because he will never break it. Amen? You may break it. I may break it. But he'll never break it. Amen? 
So that's point number two, and we're going to talk about that as we go forward. But the covenant is a binding agreement between God and his son, Jesus Christ. Point number three, Jesus earned every promise that God made in the covenant. He earned it by his obedient life and his sacrifice on Calvary. Okay? With that in mind, we always have to remember that it's not a covenant that we have to live up to ourselves. Okay? Because you can't. I can't. None of us are perfect. He was the only one who was perfect. Therefore, the, the covenant remains intact, not because of me and my performance, but it remains intact because of Jesus and his performance, amen, which was perfect before God. Okay? I must always have that in my thinking or else the devil will condemn me because of my carnality, because of my weaknesses, because of my frailties, because of my failures. Amen. See, we have to re we're always remember that without Jesus, we're nothing. He made us what we are. He made us the righteousness of God. Our focus is always, it always has to be on the Lamb. Amen? If we do that, if we keep our focus upon Him and not of our, on ourselves, we can enjoy the benefits of the covenant because the more we focus on Him, the more we'll live like Him. Amen? The more we'll experience the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the promise of the covenant. Amen? But I have to keep my eyes on him. Now, I want to draw our attention to Matthew chapter 15. This is not in my notes, but I want to go there with the time I have left. Let's say we just lay in a little foundation today. But I want to show you in the word of God that... The church, in a lot of ways, is not really experiencing the covenant blessing the way we should. And that there are people who are living outside the covenant of God who are actually releasing more faith than we are. And we're going to see that here in the Word. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. So, the Bible says that this lady here 
was a woman of Canaan. She was not a Jew. She was not uh, the seed of Abraham. She did not have a legal right to anything that belonged to the Jews where covenant relationship was concerned. But yet, she comes to Jesus and she cries mercy. (laughs) Thank God. She understood something. She understood that God is a merciful God. Amen. And he is. By grace we're saved. Amen. I say by grace we're saved. That's the only reason we got saved. He gave us faith to get saved. And that, that was God's mercy. He says, and she says, have mercy on me, thou son of David. So she had some understanding about covenant. She understood and she believed that he was the lineage of David. That he was the Messiah. She really, she really believed it. She, she had some understanding. She said, thou son of David. She, she recognized who he was in terms of his ability to touch God on her behalf. So she saw that. She said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. She said, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Being tormented by the devil. But verse 23 But he answered her not a word. (laughs) He didn't say nothing to her. He ignored her. She came to him and he ignored her. She came to to him the best way she knew how and he didn't say anything to her. And his disciples came and besought him saying, Send her away for she crieth after us. Now they had an understanding that she didn't deserve anything from God. Because they, they, they knew covenant. They understood some things about covenant. They didn't walk in it a, a lot of times. They didn't experience a whole bunch of it in terms of, you know, them experiencing uh, the, the power of it. But they knew that she didn't have access to it because she wasn't a Jew. Verse 24. But he answered, finally said something to her. He answered and said, I am not set, sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you don't have no covenant with God, so you don't have access to me and my covenant blessings. So he let her know. And, and everything he's telling her, everything Jesus is telling her is true. Legally, that's true. She doesn't have access to any of the blessings, any of the covenants of promise. Verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Now, now, picture this in your mind. She done got down, and now she's worshiping him. She's worshiping Jesus. And uh, she's, she's laying it on the line. I mean, you know, she, she's there to receive, and she, she's, she's calling upon the mercy of God, the best she know how. And he answered and said, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. He said, it's not right for me to, to, to use the blessings of the covenant to help you because you don't have access to the covenant. In the eyes of God, you're a dog. Amen. That's, that's the son of God talking. He called her a dog. He called her a Gentile dog because she was not a Jewish and she did not have access to the covenant. She had no legal right 
to the blessing that he had. But this woman is an amazing woman. She says, that's the truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. <laughs> she said, it's true, Lord, I'm a dog. I, I, I'm a Gentile dog. I don't have access to the covenants of promise. I'm not a seed of Abraham. But she says, I'll just take a crumb from the table. I, I, I'll just take a crumb from the table. And, 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 and I'll be satisfied with that. See, you know, the child of God, those who are in covenant relationship with God, how many of y'all know the crumbs are not our portion? <laughs> they're, they're really not. And what she's asking for is deliverance from her, for her daughter, a, a healing touch from the Messiah for her daughter on her daughter's behalf. She's asking uh, Jesus for that, which in the mind of God is a small thing. How many of y'all know in the mind of God, healing is a small thing? I mean, to heal your, your body to God, that's nothing. It really and truly is. When you, when you think about covenant and all the blessings of Abraham and all the power that has been invested in us in Christ. I mean, you, when you really think about the resurrection life of Jesus Christ dwelling on the inside of us, healing, that should be easy, really and truly. And, 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 and this woman, she says, I'll just take a crumb. The healing virtue of God in her mind is like a crumb because she knows the power of God. She, she has a revelation of the very power of God, that the God who created the universe can heal a sick body, can deliver somebody from a demon power. She understands that. And Jesus is excited now. Because he says here, And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. And the Bible says, And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. My, my, my. So this lady, who is not even in covenant relationship with God, gets a touch from God simply because she releases her faith at the mercy of God. How many of y'all know we worship God because of his mercy, but how many of y'all know we don't receive from God just because of his mercy? We receive from God because of our faith in this mighty covenant that we have through Jesus Christ, that a covenant that will never fail. Hallelujah. It'll never fail. We're, we're, we're not called to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. We're called to sit at the very table of God. The blessings that have been prepared for us before the foundation of the world are now made manifest to the church because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. This mighty covenant that we're talking about this, this afternoon, this evening, this covenant has been made available to you and I right now. Hallelujah. The Bible says we've been made now, now by the blood of Christ. So that's what we want to do going forward the next few weeks. We want to focus on the authority and the power of the covenant of God. Amen. Only reason we didn't pray this afternoon, that the rain would stop, because we've done that before, hey, amen? We, 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 we prayed that the rain would stop. We've had, because farmers down the road, they need rain, amen? 
They, they, they're wheat crops and their corn crops need some rain. That's why we didn't pray about that. But yeah, we prayed and the, and the rain has stopped. Glory to God. That's, and you know what? You need to understand that you have that power. Really? Somebody said, he's he, he going too deep now. He's he going overboard now. No! You have dominion power in Christ through covenant relationship. <laughs> You'll get it as we go forward. As you go out. Because I'm, I'm looking at some of y'all like, ah, uh, now he done went too far. Now, now, that's your portion. You just don't know. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Father God, we... We thank you for glory, that you crowned us, O oh God, with glory and honor in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that Jesus has went to the cross, and all that is his is ours, that we've been made joint heirs with him through the blood of his cross. And Father God, as we go forward in these teachings, we pray, Lord God, that more revelation will be given to us. And you'll be glorified through it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.